saliva is. A bunch of mouth juices. <laughs> I just did you see that? I just spit on the chair because of Look, the mouth remember, juices. The mouth juices. You remember Juicy Boys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Juicy Boys. So, well, can we start this? Because I want to ask. I, I want everyone to ask. Everyone wants to know. You want to go ahead and? Sure, I'd love to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy. And Will. And I want to know, who are the Juicy Boys? There are no Juicy Boys. <laughs> what? We, we did. There is Juicy... There's Juice World. Juice World. You called him the Juicy Boys. You just completely made this up. Oh, I thought it was Juicy Boys. It's Juicy World. Do you know who Juicy World is? Are you talking about that kid from King Up? <laughs> is that his nickname? I don't know. <laughs> kid don't, from King no. Up. <laughs> no. I'm so lost. Hey, Juicy World. Our poor listeners have no, no idea well, no, what I was kind of referring to what I said to you all earlier about it being cold. No, I remember that being right. something you all talked about a lot no, last so year. One, so once upon a time, we did a annual meeting skit when I was looking on Nick's phone. He was looking through Nick's, uh, the artist that Nick listens to. And he listened to someone called Juicy Boys. No, it was Juice World. I saw Juicy, Juicy Boys. It was not Juicy Boys. You mixed Juice World with Boys to Men in your head. Because <laughs> I mean, oh, you're a big Boys to Men fan, and you Juicy. mixed them together. You, we should start a group called the and Juicy like, Boys. Juicy Boys. <laughs> That's what happened. What's your favorite Who Boys that, to Men song? The, what's that? What's your favorite Boys to Men song? Oh, my favorite. Okay. Is I have it, a story that goes is along it I'll with. Make Love Of to course you. it is. Because that's the best one, right? It is. Well, okay, so um, I had... They sing to the end of the road, too. That's listen, I had, I had a fun time with that song. Oh, my. Well, let me, wait, let me, let me Please rephrase. explain. See, I will explain. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. So I had... I was going out for a... Uh, I was probably like 10, 11 years old. Oh. And I just, I decided that <laughs> when I grew appropriate up... appropriate age to sing that song. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to grow up and be uh, an actor. And... I may have been 12 or 13. I can't remember. Um, I was in that awkward puberty stage. And so I was like, I want to be an actor. And my dad's like, well, if you want to be an actor, then you at least have to try one play. And um, my dad's Dr. Phil. And okay. he said, you have to go. Uh, he, he picked up the music man for me to go be oh, to yeah? try out for. Well, I didn't know that when I tried out for you the music man, I'd have to sing a song oh. for the music man, a musical. <laughs> Please tell me you <laughs> So I went it. up there and they're like. They're like, hi, what song do you have for us today? You know, and I was like, uh, I was like, I have to sing? And they're like, yes, this is the music, man, the musical. And I was like, okay. I go, they let me go out to my dad, and he's like, why don't you sing that song you always sing <laughs> in, in, in the shower? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not going to sing I'll Make Love to You. And by the way, I'm trying out for an eight-year-old kid, right? It's like the kid who has a lisp. Uh, little redhead kid. Have you never seen the Music Man the musical? So like, here I am trying out for an eight-year-old part, singing "I'll Make Love to You." So I get up there, and they're like, "What are you gonna sing?" And I was gonna sing that song, but instead I went with "Happy Birthday," the classic, the song that no one can sing in tune. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, long story short, I I'm really disappointed with should, how that story ended. I know. Well, did it you did, get the part? It uh, no, not, not even close. The only thing I got to do was carry a pool table across the stage. They saw all my acting talent, all my abilities, and said, "You know what? You you should be some manual labor." Well, let me just say this: if they could see you now, oh boy, if they knew, if they knew that I was part of the Juicy Boys, <laughs> the Juicy Boys, and uh, TV Friends with New Heights kids. <laughs> There's a, there's, that's a country song, If You Could See Me Now. Oh, oh it's like a Dixie oh, Chick song. Yeah, I love Chicks. them. Chicks? Let's be politically correct. What is, would you... They what? dropped a Dixie. They just are called the Chicks? I don't know what they're called. That's not, that's not politically correct the either. Well, the young ladies. I, I think that's what the they are. The young women. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sick of Heather being offensive. It's <laughs> oh, my. Oh, boy. 
Goodness gracious. Okay, so, um, that leads us right into what we're going to talk about today. Completely appropriate. Country music of the 90s. <laughs> I would love to have it. I would love to talk about it. Oh, man. What are we talking about today? Uh, I want to talk today about what mission missions mission work is. Great topic after the nonsense you all just spouted out. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Very relatable yeah. to what Jeremy just shared. It's a, you, you have to you have to be of the world. Or in the world, not of the world. You have to be in the world to be able to share the gospel to the world. N-O-T-W. Yeah, N-A-T-W. N-O. N-O. <laughs> Golly, I need to get you a sticker. I was a big all-for-one fan, too. Mm. Yeah, you know them? Who wasn't? Yeah. Yeah. Was there was another one. Was it? There was another song. I want. I want to sex you up. What's that? Oh my gosh. What's that? You know who did that one? Yeah, I know that. I used one. to always turn down the volume. I want. I turn it down and I turn it back up yeah. because <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. But uh, who? I think. Oh gosh, who was? Color me. Color me bad. I don't. I don't know. You're. You don't know at that me. one. You're a lot older than me. I don't I know, know that, that song. song. Do you really? Yeah. I think it's color me bad. I used to love that song. I, I still don't know what that that means. But well, when color we're not bad. recording, I'll oh, I'll thanks. tell you. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Always asked in health class. I never would tell me. Yeah. Oh, my. Could you edit out till the No, all right. We're talking about missions. Yeah, I'm ready for missions. From the beginning yeah, of the podcast to now, edit it out. Um, <laughs> golly, how do you come back from that? I well, don't even know. I got a Juicy Boy song. Oh, stop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, I was going to help. And the song's going to go, let's get mission. <laughs> mission. It's. That's not Juicy Boy stuff. It's our first hit. Too much. Okay. Um, Golly. Okay. I was eating Skittles. uh, Could you talk about Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Will? Yeah. uh, This is known as the Great Commission. Um, So this is one of the most, I think, commonly um, preached, recited, memorized parts of the Bible where Jesus commissions his disciples, and he tells them to go into all nations, um, teaching them to observe what he taught and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And um, so, yeah, as as the church, this is th- these are our marching orders um, that we that we do this. And the, I think the important part of of mission work is that the call itself is to make disciples, not just converts. I think it's easy for us to get lost in um, evangelism when we talk about mission. And forget that the call is to make disciples, which is a, a long-term mission rather than just a quick, you know, revival yeah, we've, we've in another country or something. Lately, like that. I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago with our <clears throat> evangelism talk. Okay. Um. So I want to talk about how that talks, ties into a passage of scripture in Acts one eight. Um. And I'll read it. If uh, you guys are okay with that, it says, um, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and will and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth." Um, And I've always loved that verse because um, I've wondered how that we can take that specific passage of um, that specific verse out of the Bible and apply it to our lives and. Believe it or not, I believe it was my husband. Um, many years ago, I heard him uh, teaching or preaching on this um, through Acts, and um, he's talked about and and I've been uh, reading a lot of different things lately that um, that have to do with different topics. Like recently, I picked up a book about um, find your finding your people. How like you have a very close 
um, like small, very people, like five people who are your people who know absolutely everything going in and out of your life. And then you have a larger group of people who are like 25. And then you have, you know, a lar- an even larger group of like acquaintances that you interact with every day and how that each of those people are tied into our life and um, into our mission and purpose and life and stuff. That's interesting. So my wife, Amanda, yeah, she employs this strategy. So she has like two people to know everything yeah. you know, in her life and then that's it nothing beyond that <laughs> i would she like to think there. that i'm in her second ring of people nope there is no second ring with her i think I there am. is only one ring no i think you're wrong i put myself I'm right. there i know my wife i'm out there dancing in that jeremy's ring. the same way no my i know there's a couple people they're they're my my larping circle they know everything about me i would say me. i'm in jeremy's second circle as well <laughs> i'm in jeremy's innermost circle at work. i don't know you're his work i have friend. a work circle yeah, I yeah. mean, he knows everything I'm doing at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think we could take that same concept and apply it to this passage of scripture and um, and talk about how we do missions, how we how we evangelize and and share the gospel with people. So I want you to talk about that, like what that looks like for you, Will Basham, uh, for you, Jeremy Barry. Um, like, what is your Jerusalem, your Judea, and your Samaria? So, okay, so just to clarify, we're talking about the mission of the church. Yeah. Okay, so the mission of the church is to tell people about Jesus and to disciple. So, Teach them to follow Jesus. Yeah. Just to define what disciple yeah, yeah, yeah. means. Right. Um, I like how the, the nine marks, to love Jesus better. Like is a is okay, really fine. You like Mark Dever's definition <laughs> better than Yours mine. was really good. I just, right. I'm just saying. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so if, if, my my mission then, um, so the, if if that's my personal mission, that's also the the church's mission. So the church's job ought to be that that very thing. So like obviously the um, if the church is made up of individuals, right, um, um, individual members, then their Judea is their community, their, their most local local community. So I, I would even, I mean, I would, you could start as close as your family, right? So I'm discipling my family, mm-hmm. um, and I'm evangelizing. Uh, my family. Um, I am discipling uh, those in my, whether it be neighborhood or local local community, I'm evangelizing in my local, local community. And you can kind of just go out from there. Um, obviously, I think uh, the more out you go, um, it's probably more as you are going to these areas, you do these things, but also you keep the work going in those areas. So like, I don't, we may not know people, let's say in Ukraine or let's say in wherever, um, but our job is to missional work would be to equip them to then reach their family, reach the local community, reach the rest of the country and so forth. That's funny. You mentioned Ukraine. That was actually getting ready to bring that up. I almost had an idea. I, I it's almost like I knew that. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious where you, I mean, you probably disagree. <clears throat> <sighs> no, I don't disagree. <laughs> I would amen everything you said. I think, um, I think work is, is probably one of the most natural places to start. So work, the the theology of work is important because all of us have work that we do. Yeah. Um, even if you're not employed, you have work that you do, um, that you busy yourself with, responsibility, we could, we could say it that way. And so um, in your work, even if like you're a stay-at-home mom, in your work, your primary mission is, is in that. You're making disciples in, um, in your children. Um, and so... Uh, I, I sent Jeremy a meme the other night. It was good. Was, it was, um, do you think washer and dryer are friends outside of work, or do you think they're just work friends? 
And it was after yeah. hours, so he didn't even reply to it. I didn't reply it. to it. Which, he, which, which said everything me, you needed to which know. Which gave me the answer I needed to know. In fact, I said it to you the next day at work. Yeah, during during office hours, you yeah. told me that was I funny. I responded to it. Yeah. He said, that was funny, boss. Um, so it's interesting. Like, so you asked personally. It's interesting for me because I, I don't work with any non-believers because uh, I'm employed by the church. At least I hope I don't. Yeah, well, you might. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting because because it's not – there's no, like, missional um, atmosphere at work. There's discipling relationships at work. Um, and so I think in the church, if you are if you work in the church, like, that's your em- employee status. I think you have to work extra hard. Um, to find yourself in circles of non-believers, but I think so. If if the typical person, their work is their Jerusalem. Um, if we're kind of looking at it beyond geography, all right. Your work is your Jerusalem. Your home is your Jerusalem. I think where you play becomes your uh, Judea. Um, this is kind of the next uh, next circle out, like you were saying. So this is where your hobbies intersect with other people's lives, or your kids' hobbies or activities yeah. intersect. Okay, that that is a very good mission field um, because you're still around people that are in your geographic area that you can very easily meet up with, and so you need to look in those circles. And then Samaria and the other parts of the world is, is going to be very intentional, uh, you know, discipleship outside of your immediate context. That's, okay, I want to park there for a minute. Okay, can we park there. Put it in park. All right. Parking brake. Oh, yeah. Parking. Okay. <laughs> that sounded. That's exact sound. Emergency brake. My truck makes when yeah. I put it in park. Yeah. Uh, no, so the reason why, I, because so many times people will say, "I feel like I'm called to missions," or "I want to," like they they live their daily life. Uh, they go to work, but seeing their workplace as a place as a mission field is. I mean, they, it's like people they know it intellectually, but. Putting it into practice, or even vi- kind of seeing it as that, is very different. I can't tell you times I've heard people say, "I feel like the Lord meant something more for me," and I'm like, well, "What do you mean by that?" Like, well, I thought, like, I, I just imagine, like, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to, like, you know, uh, you know, be a missionary. I'm like, well, He does. Like, you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. go do it. Um, in fact, I would. It's so interesting because I would be cautious to say anybody should be a missionary if you're not being a missionary at, you know your accounting firm or wherever it is that you're working. You, I don't know why it would be different anywhere else. Um, but anywho, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, why is it there is so often, why you think there's that cutoff in the brain for people to say, okay, that's, I can't be missional there. Like my mission, the being missional is going to the world or going on a mission trip or, rather than like this life is well, a mission it's, it's trip. It's a misinterpretation of, of the Bible. So, we read it in English as go unto all nations. So if we break that down, um, nations is ethnos in Greek. Um, we read nations and we think other nationalities. Right. Um, what ethnos means is all different types of people. Um, Jesus' emphasis there is not that you have to go to another country. Jesus's, which which that it does include that, but Jesus' emphasis is that you make disciples of people even if they don't look like you, or even if they don't uh, come from the same um, background that you come from, or the same culture, or the same economic class. Um, so Jesus' point is that you you are to evangelize and disciple peop- all people. Back then, uh, you probably had to be a little more intentional about it. Now, it's not so sure. tough. Right, yeah, right. And, um, and then the other misinterpretation is when he says go— um, we take that to mean go in English, but but in the Greek it's as you are going, which yeah. you made reference to. So when Jesus is saying as you're going, um, make disciples of all different types of people. Um, so Jesus is saying 
as you go about life in the routines of your life, you're supposed to be missional, um, looking for opportunities to make disciples and teach them to observe what Jesus taught. And, um, and so that I think, I think we misinterpret that. And when we just hear go and nations, like, oh, I got to leave the country. Pack up and go, yeah. Do you think people are less likely to be missional at work because of what it's afraid that it's going to cost them? Like, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I like to watch the show Everybody Loves Raymond. It's been off air for many, many a year. Whoa. Um, and I was watching 1998 and I was watching an episode last night and he actually was saying something to his wife that you don't who was Raymond uh, Raymond was uh, Ray was telling Deborah that um, she shouldn't he said you're not supposed to ask people who they vote for or what religion they or what they believe in religion and I think that ask those questions all the time yeah we know you do Um, (laughs) I think a lot of times though that like you know I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard like old men say that, you know what I mean? Like you're not supposed to talk yeah. about politics. You're not supposed to talk right. about religion. I think a lot of times that can like just be like some, some ignorant thing that we're taught. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That people believe like that they can't take religion or politics into the workplace. Listen, I, I, um, I say this as someone who's not always been a pastor or worked in a Christian environment. Like people are usually pretty eager. If you're respectful to talk about those things. Yeah. I have, I've never there were there was one time one time and it, it actually got rectified. Uh, the 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 individual said, "So do you think I'm?" And we're we are working for the you know, same company. We're in had a little office. He says, "Do you think I'm going to go to hell because I'm gay?" And I said, "No, I think you'll go to hell because you don't know Jesus." And and then we I explained a little bit, but like we had conversations about all these things. And he um, later he got a little upset with me about something, and he and he turned me in the HR and and they said, hey, you, you told him he was going to go to hell, and I was like, Ugh, that's not quite how it went. But like I went to him and said, he hey, said it first, right, right. <laughs> he said he was going to hell. I only agreed with him, but uh, no, like we we went and like had a further conversation about it and, and apologize. Like we made up and everything like that, and, and it was it was good. But but why like, am I not surprised that somebody called HR on you? Uh, right. Right, I, I be know. Yeah, that's just... not shocking. So, so <laughs> I was thinking of my new Ju- Juicy Boy uh, song, but I, I was. Uh, but the thing is, with 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 him, that's the. I mean, we talked about all sorts of things, um, everything from like the uh, inspiration of, of the word and and why I held it, and everyone. And I was always respectful to them, and I never got like they knew where I stood, and we had really great conversations, and um, I I think that once you realize that people are pretty eager to share about what they think as long as you give them space for that. Yeah, you have to allow them to, right. ha- to bring their beliefs and thoughts to the table. People too. Are, are more than willing to dialogue about those things at the appropriate times. But yeah, to, to go to work eight hours a day, five days a week, and to not talk about that stuff seems to be missing on such a great opportunity. Oh yeah, with people. That, I mean, people. There's a reason why, like, uh, you know, people get in relationships and find friends at work. Some do, uh, and uh, find find. I'll mean, try. <laughs> so you like you you build relationships at work, and to think that that relationship, like the Lord isn't isn't calling you to to use that to to leverage that for a greater purpose is, is really missing something so anyways who'd you guys vote for oh you know who i voted for hmm. actually i let my son vote <laughs> remember i said who do you want to vote for yeah we voted for my no, 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 don't say it, <laughs> don't say it. 
Um, so, you know, just thinking She's, about that, I'm trying to rein it in. I don't want to talk to you. She didn't want to talk about politics or religion. Dude, she, was, she was, you know, like the sweat was starting to kick up. Like, oh, here mm-hmm. we go. <laughs> um, you know, just thinking about our, our circles, like th- thinking of it in that way of the rings of people that we interact with and come into contact with on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head um, talking about Will, Will, when oh, he was course. talking about like, like, the, yeah, like, the, like the parents at your kids' uh, sporting events or, you know, I mean, these are people that you're going to interact with uh, for a while. Well, your kids don't go to school, so you know that, right? <laughs> they go sports. They have sports. <laughs> it's homeschool sports, but, you know. That doesn't count. It's not, it's not really sports. <laughs> Claire Max no one knows and Milo, how to do it. right? <laughs> Claire Max and Milo play soccer. That's right. Um, now, I want, I want to talk about New Heights. Um, you know, one of the things that we do as a church um, is that, you know, we uh, obviously we are very involved and active in trying to just um, evangelize in our community with, you know, different community events and everything. And um, I want to talk about how those circles and those rings expand outside of Milton for our church. Um, you know, we support a lot of church plants in different parts of the state, a different uh, different states. Um, and sop and um, <laughs> and also in different parts of the world. So I want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I love when you reprimand Jeremy because like the listeners have no idea what he's doing. I know. Like, I th- listen, you weren't on the last podcast, but I threatened to punch. Oh my gosh, Jeremy! You but it sounds like it. I'm threatening listeners. If you have I a question, I'm having... going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I actually did listen to it. It was. Yeah, That's it was exactly what I said. Um, and I got a lot of I wasn't trying to stretch. I was trying to take a, a picture. You don't. Okay. Anyways, what somebody, was the question? Somebody answer he my question. Me. I'm sorry. He's the problem. It's true. He is. Um, I want to talk about how, you know, at... Why why we support church church plants oh, yeah. and and that's a part to me. Um, I think of New Heights, and when I think of the outer circles of New Heights, I think about our church plants in in uh, Boone County and um, up in the northern part of the state, and um, you know over in Kentucky and wherever else they Ohio. are. Because I don't Medina, Ohio, um, Medina, outs- but whatever Medina. We care <laughs> about. Th- I'm people. thinking about Medea. There's a new Medea movie out. If you all didn't know, oh, it's really good. I- it's got a lot of I know people to watch those. So in the Bible, there's a... Um, oh, my gosh. What? I didn't... You didn't know people still watch those? I didn't. I, I mean, our culture, I thought... Okay, we're going to hit pause on this this conversation, because okay. this is something for a later time. Okay. Go ahead, you Will. Rain, you settle down, is what she's saying. No. <laughs> um, it's about to get me fired up. In the Bible, there's, um, there's a crisis that hits the church at Jerusalem. Um, Luke records this in the book of Acts. And, um, and then you see about it um, in... Uh, Paul's travels, and it, and it it's kind of cool because you have to look at the Bible as a whole to kind of piece the story together. But as he writes letters to different churches that are outside of Jerusalem, um, they're outside of Israel. Um, you see that there's collections that are taken up from these other churches to support the church in Jerusalem, um, and, and you see what you see is a partnership that spans beyond national borders, um, imperial borders. Um, nationalities race and you see the church actually coming together and being sacrificial for the benefit of the whole and you have this beautiful picture that i think is an example to us that that even even though we are a small small portion of the kingdom of god and the world as a whole um being a part of the church gives us an opportunity to be a part of a global enterprise named jesus's church um and so it's so cool because 
Um, you look at a town like Milton, West Virginia, and and the small towns that that um, of people that come to our church, right? Um, most of us were not for the gospel would have no international influence, right? Yeah. Um, there's most of our jobs don't even take us outside of the country. Um, like when I look at the members of New Heights, most of the, most of the careers that are represented aren't like global careers. We're not influencing major cities and things like that. But what the gospel does is it puts us on a platform, um, not for our own glory, but for God's glory. And it, it actually brings us along and enables the people of God to have global influence. And that's just, that's a really cool thing to be a part of that God invites us in on his mission and it's a global mission. And so from, from little old Milton, West Virginia, um, we can, uh, be by leaning into the church, have an impact on people all around the world. So I always, always love that part of, of the Bible that it, that it shows us that, the church is unified even across national boundaries. Were you asking? Isn't that right, Jeremy? I, amen, amen. Yeah. Oh, you came up to the mic like you were going to say something. I, you know, I heard it once said, we can do more together. Who said that? I don't remember his name. He was an old guy at some conference. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Probably worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, look, just YouTube it. Old guy at a conference. Okay. I don't know. I've heard it a lot. So, um, you know, with with what you just said, Will, just to kind of tie in, um, so um, two church plants that we support, that New Heights supports, are two church plants in Ukraine. Um, I mean, I wish, I wish that I could say and think differently about it. Um, I, I think just because of the time and the advancement in technology, um, we are able, you know, everybody in the world is able to see what's going on in Ukraine right now, um, you know, I think um, I think it's affected everybody. I don't think that it can can't not affect everybody because of being able to see the things and the images that are happening. And you know, before we would see images of things, but it usually wasn't until after the fact, or mm-hmm. if it, unless it was somebody we knew personally. Yeah. Um, okay. This is the first war. I'm sorry, I got skittles stuck in my mouth. This is the first war where people are live streaming. Like yeah, what's happening on the street? Yeah, it's actually really um, interesting. you know, I I've seen a lot of a lot of um, girlfriends that I know that are moms of little kids, and you know, there was a video of a mom live streaming um, where a bomb was coming in and like a missile was coming in, and she was like trying to herd her kids together to get them to safety and stuff. And um, I you know, I wish that I could say that um, that we would all feel differently if we didn't have all these things that would show us what's going on. Um, and even on a more personal level, you know, um, when we first came to New Heights, Edit came and stayed in our home for a week. Um, we barely could get rid of him um, yeah. <laughs> because of the time he was here with us. But, um, you know, it. Uh, but I remember we, we had planned to talk to Benjamin about what was going on in Ukraine because Benjamin, you know, Edit just came to visit us at our house in December uh, when he was here. And um, Benjamin came home from school and he's like, Mom, yeah, and like I remember, we were laying down that night because um, we do like a bedtime routine with him and stuff. And he said, "Mom, if Eric dies, um, do you think he'll remember me when we're in heaven?" Aww. And like I was, I didn't even know he knew what was going on in Ukraine, right. um, and that was something that really shocked me. And he, like, he's been very, very concerned about Eric because we know Eric. He's been in our home. We love it him. Changes things when you it know changes the, when things you know when you know somebody there. personally, when you care, you know, um, not that you don't care about people in other countries of the world, but when somebody comes into your home and it's you different. get a chance to know and love them, um, it's different. And, um, yeah, I think I, I'm, when, when all I can think of 
and I, and it, it made me like uh, it was pretty emotional the the day that uh, after they were invaded. I was, I was thinking, I, I think it was when Siava's family had to separate. All I could think of is like he has a newborn, yeah, right, and like uh, it, it, like, and I think you kind of put yourself in that position, and you think, man, first off, how blessed you are, but you can't imagine what's going through his heart and mind, like this baby. And all you can pray is, Lord, let that child know who her father is. Yeah. Um, and it's it really is. It when you when you start when you've had conversations and like, you know, I, I remember talking to Siava about how, how excited it was to be a dad. Like all of that just kind of springs up, and it gets really emotional, right? And, and it's more than just a news cycle. It becomes like, okay, I, there's people here who I really care about. Yeah, and I, for me, it's been convicting because like how many how many. Uh, like global tragedies have happened and I've just kind of ignored them because I didn't have the personal connection. Well, you know, that's, Um, I mean, that's mostly where I've been the last few weeks. Like mm -hmm. how many, you know, and that's why I said, you know, I wish that things were different. I can't say that if something happened in another country tomorrow that I would be as tied to, you know, as concerned about what's going on. Um, But, um, you know, I want to talk about some of the stuff that they're doing right now and something that we've been able to do and that I've been able to do with Benjamin. You know, we follow Etic. Um, we follow Edix Church, Philadelphia Church, on fa- Facebook, and we're actually getting to see a lot of the work that they're doing, mm-hmm. um, the the mission work that they're doing. And, you know, um, they are they're having refugees in and out of their church like every few days. Mm-hmm. Um, they're praying with with refugees. They're having church with them. They're they're having worship services. They're um, just being the hands and feet of Jesus in a really really hard and confusing and and just um, an an unknown time. I mean, they don't know what's going on. So I want to talk about why why the work that we do. Um, you know, so, uh, something that I've <laughs> especially the last um the last year for me like people have been so good and loving to me and my family through some of the stuff that we have walked through the last year and they've asked how they can help and um they're like I'm praying but what can I do and I'm like you know praying is the biggest and best thing that you can do um because there's been a lot of times in the last year when I haven't been able to do that for myself and for my family and stuff so um you know I know that, um, especially right now for all of us who love and care for um, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, you know, prayer is the best thing that we can do. But I want to talk about how us supporting them as a church plant is helping them do their mission work right now and how that's changing the kingdom. Well, and I think I think the cool thing about the opportunity is that, that God has brought us into that role that the Macedonian Christians were in the first century to the Christians in Jerusalem who were in war, who were experiencing persecution and um, <clears throat> they didn't have bombs, but they had they had arrests and sword that were that were persecuting them. And um, and here, you know, is an opportunity for us. I mean, we've been supporting uh, the the gospel work in Ukraine for I think about eight years now. Um, but here's a time for us to ramp that up. And yeah. and like like what Paul said about the Macedonian Christians is they gave um, generously and even beyond their means. And I think this is a time where we uh, particularly excuse me, in the West can say, hey, we need to, we need to give beyond our means. We need to be generous. And, um, there, there's a real burden, um, a humanitarian crisis with yeah. the, with the amount of refugees that are passing through Western Ukraine into Poland and Czech Republic and so forth and so on that there's just not enough food. There's not enough shelter and, um, and we can, and we can give and support, 
um, the the aid that's happening by Christians, and and in doing so, not only are we doing the right thing humanitarianly speaking, but we are giving a, an opportunity for the Christians in those areas to speak um, to speak a a eternity changing reason as to why they're helping them. Hey, we're we're helping you not just because we're we're good humans or we want you to be safe. All those things are true, but we want we want you to know that there's something beyond this this world that's torn by war there's something beyond this life that seems so fragile that that they have the keys to the kingdom and eternal life and they want to share that and so that it enables them to be able to do that and as the church we can we can be a part of that so it's a cool opportunity it's it's god bringing us along um in that partnership so something that we uh plan on doing and i, I loved what you said yesterday um had me or him I didn't hear you say anything oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. I, um, oh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think I believe it was before Just your sermon. Just usually assume if it's a compliment, it's, it's coming to, to me. <laughs> a threat is at me. That's, yeah, but that's fair. It, once you compliment, you should say Jeremy. Oh, I'll sure look you at you. That's true. She does. She's like, believe it or not, Jeremy. I got yeah. like other yeah. um, No, before your sermon yesterday, you talked about um, Ukraine, and you told our people um, not to grow weary of praying for um, the the people that we love and care about in Ukraine and just the Ukrainian people. Um, you know, I, I think it's also okay to say, you know, um, we, you don't, if it's overwhelming for you, you do not have to continually watch this on the news. Um, actually that probably is not a healthy thing at all. Um, you definitely don't need to pretend like it's not happening, but it's definitely okay to step back from social media and any sort of media. Um, and, and you know, just pray without ceasing for the people mm-hmm. and um, just go to God with it because it is a burden um, that we all should carry. Um, just, you know, just loving and worrying about the people that we care about. And, and you know, um, even the people we don't, you know, like I said, the social media gives us an opportunity to see things live streamed, videos that we never thought we'd see. Um, you know, families being separated, which is just unthinkable and unimaginable. Um it reminds us of things that we've read about in history that we never thought we'd have to see or or experience or, you know, um, not in this day and age. So um, I want to talk a little bit, uh, Will, uh, I think you probably know a little bit, bit more just because of the planning aspects of it. Um, and a way that, that people can help if they are listening, um, and I know that this is something we've really been pushing on our platforms uh, from New Heights. We're going to be doing a benefit um, next Wednesday, March the 16th. Um, and um, there have been a few social media posts about it, and there's a link that you that people can click, and uh, that is um, that is who we partner with in Ukraine. We know where the money is going. It's the is it Josiah Josiah Project? Venture Venture mm-hmm. Okay Adventure. Um, so uh, we know that that money is going specifically to the people, you know, to people and churches that we know who are doing mission work right now, who are trying to care for refugees and stuff. But um, was there anything else that you wanted to say about that, about uh, the pro- the event? No, just to just to um, I guess the only thing I would add is just um, just to pray that 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 goes well, that um, that that it would even be an evangelistic opportunity for us. Yeah, I mean, we're having. Lots of different artists come and play music because the the cause of helping Ukrainians 
is something that even non-Christians are that getting behind. That goes outside of the church. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. so it's an opportunity for Christians to model this is what Christ-like love looks like. Yeah. Um, and what you're doing is actually Christ-like, and, and here's why you should honor the Lord. And so even, you know, we see the mission advancing in Ukraine in the midst of tragedy, and we're praying that even that advances here as well, as people kind of unite to do this, that they would see the gospel. So we want to pray to that end. And then as, as people who want to help, we just want to be generous. And so, yeah, we'll be making sure all, all the money from that goes directly to the front lines and it'll go expediently and quickly. Yeah. Uh, Josiah Ventures, I mean, like I said, we've been working with them for 18, not 18, eight years. And, and so it's been good for us to just continue that uh, partnership, and and they'll make sure the money gets to churches that are doing frontline work. So I have a bit of a question, and <clears throat> it's a little bit off topic, but it's a serious question, and it's one that I know a lot of people have. When you say the best thing we can do is pray, um, I'm curious for those. So there's I know I know that there are some saying, okay, well, what what good does that do? Like, what's the purpose of prayer in this event? Because prayer isn't going to keep the war away, or tragedy from happening so what's the purpose of prayer in this in this time frame that's a good question well i think it could it can keep the war away um i I think i think god can bring peace and i I always when when we talk about prayer i always go back to john piper sermon that he did and and he talked about prayer it was just like kind of life-changing for me you you have those sermons every now and then Um, did i give uh, no, not oh, you okay. specifically. Okay. I was I, just I, saying, in general, no? okay. you know, people right. give sermons that are life changing. Um, I don't give any of them either, but you know, some no, sometimes people like John Piper do that. No. Um, but I remember watching a sermon of his, and 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 he said, um, "Prayer changes things," and and he jokingly said, "I wonder if any Calvinists are out there squirming." And 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 you do, especially in our theological camp, where where we hold to the doctrines of grace and reform theology. Um, is, you got to reconcile that, right? Like by me praying, does that does that change the course of history? Um, well, Scripture says yes, and um, and and Piper, you know, goes on to say like that that it's it's hard to reconcile, but God has created a world and a and a system in which He allows and invites us and implores us to pray, and our prayers He allows, and still in His sovereign plan, He allows our prayers to change things. Um, and, and his conclusion is, if, if you don't avail yourself to the opportunity to change history by praying, then you're a colossal fool. Mm. And I just love that thought. And yeah. so, um, so, so the Lord, the Lord may have already purposed to bring peace, and He wants to use His people's crying out to Him to to bring about that peace. And so, um, not that God's changing His mind or anything like that, but but history does change when we pray. And so, we come together and pray for peace, and and we pray for our enemies too. I mean, so I, I think that includes Christians. How we pray for this is is not for just tragedy to hit the Russian people, but right. but we pray for repentance. Um, well, we, I, I was gonna say I I think what you said is is great, and and two, when you say we're not gonna just pray for like as Christians, we are um, not, and and I don't mean this as a political statement. Our our, our when we we have Russian brothers and sisters and Ukrainian brothers absolutely. and sisters, so it's like mm-hmm. though we want to see something politically different. Uh, we're praying for both sides and for Christians on both sides yeah. to be able to to you know praying for there. Uh, you know, so I was thinking something you had said earlier, um, kind of in, in asking the question. You said sometimes I you know you're in the moment you don't pray for yourself, and so when I think of like times in, in distress, right? You you you're praying for wisdom, you're praying for strength, or this is the things you want to have. Um, for patience, whatever it means, for boldness and perseverance. So I think of in, in many occasions, 
um, people, especially in, the, in times like this, being able to pray, like, Lord, give them wisdom, give them boldness. And these are things that he says, hey, if you, pr- you pray for these things, I'm going to give them to you. So praying on behalf of uh, our, our global family, uh, when, especially when if, if they're not praying for themselves because for whatever reason. You know, I, I, a big thing, me saying that, and I'm, um, I, and I know that you're, you know, you'll understand this. Like, for me, um, trauma has a lot to do with that. Sometimes I get shell shocked, and yeah. I, and I can't imagine, you know, <laughs> I have experienced trauma, big T and little T, but what the people in Ukraine are experiencing is a lot of big, big T trauma. Yeah. Um, so you just get shell shocked into that. So, um, you know, definitely just praying. Um, for God to give them wisdom and guidance and what they're doing and decisions they're making that's going to affect them and their families. And yeah. Yeah. It's a and, big thing. And, Cause I mean, there's, there, we're not in the world where there is a, um, where a war doesn't, it, it, we're past, this isn't the, even the 1940s anymore. A war in Russia affects in Ukraine affects here. Right, yeah. it affects, affects everybody. The world is far too small now to where not everyone feels something. Now, obviously, we don't feel the, the trauma, the suffering that other people feel, but right. it has economic impact. It Absolutely. Is every, I mean, like, you know, we have, you know, as people are, you know, you, I, was it Corey Fetty just posted? If you're listening, Corey, I saw the post. Uh, $6 gallon gas. He's in gas, California, yeah. Right? Like, that's like, like you think of people who, who, who don't make a lot, right? That's huge on them. That's, that's, that's hurtful. That's painful. Again, different type of pain. I'm not trying to equate the two, but that, um, yeah, that there's no, like, the conflicts of this size are always global. Like, it has an impact yeah. on everybody. Okay. Any, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say? I just want to say thank you for bringing Skittles to the You're podcast welcome. recording I, today. I am thankful, but kind of mad too. Why? Because I didn't need that. Um, well, well um, there's so, something to keep in mind. I, I really made, like the tropical ones. The tropical ones? Okay. Um, well, yeah. I made a decision um, that was what was best for my family today, and it was to take these <laughs> out of our out of home. Um, it I'm was happy to take, to it was to take these, these bags out of our home because our child, um, you know, the last few times he's been out with me, he's like, hey, can I get some Skittles? And he got the biggest daggone bag he could find, you know. Um, so. Your son's birthday was yesterday. It was, yeah. I was just reminding you in case you forgot. Oh, I'm sure he'll it. ask me for another bag of Skittles. How old is he? He's eight years old. You're an old man. We have like four or five church birthdays yesterday. <clears throat> we had a lot of birthdays. You know, there was one that didn't get recognized. Who? Finley. Mine was yesterday. No, mine was yesterday. No, Finley, Lindsay, Benjamin, Lindsay? Myra. Yeah. Me? Your birthday Myra, not Yeah, yesterday. Myra's. Hush. Yeah. Just hush. It wasn't Sorry, yesterday. my family forgot to. It's fine. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, his family wasn't even there at his first birthday. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. You know what? Let's close this out with a good old Juicy Boy classic. Okay. Let's get missional, missional. Let's get missional, missional. Thanks for listening, I think. <laughs> Join us back here next week for another episode on the Front Porch Theology. You didn't have to do that. We already had it. I had to. I that saved you with terrible. that ending. That was terrible. What? Please shut us down.